I learned um, at my brother's viewing and funeral that that was for everybody else. You know, that was for everyone else to come and say goodbye. And then we were just alone. And I think grief feels alone. And that's one of the things we really wanted to tell people throughout this book is that you're not alone. Welcome to the Serve Love Lift podcast. I'm Tiffany Garvin. Years ago on a quiet beach in Hawaii, I felt the weight of the pain and struggles we all face in this world and how much we need each other. Soon after, this movement was born to serve, love, and lift. I believe that we are meant to serve the world with our unique gifts, love ourselves and others, and lift each other up to live with joy. This podcast is here to help you heal your heart and your life and empower you on your path to becoming the best version of yourself. I invite you to listen carefully and jot down notes that come to mind, whether they come from me or from your own heart. Then share this episode with three people who you feel could use it today. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get going. Coming into the new year with resolutions and goals to improve health, happiness, and success, and make other big changes, we need to address the stuff causing resistance and making it harder to work toward and achieve those goals. We spoke about this in last week's episode, focusing on forgiveness for others' actions as well as for our own shortcomings. And if you remember episode three of the Serve Love Lift podcast, I talk a lot about a concept I call everyday trauma and how life's difficulties can build up and become bigger challenges for us to face. Today, we're expanding that conversation and recognizing how these old wounds can hold us back in life. They can prevent us from experiencing joy, working through current challenges well, and achieving our goals and New Year's resolutions. Before you dismiss this, saying, I don't have any traumas in my life, keep in mind a helpful definition of trauma that I wrote in a recent article. In its simplest form, trauma is a psychological injury from any difficult event or ongoing situation that inhibits our ability to move forward and live life well. With that understanding, it becomes clear that we've all experienced trauma to one degree or another. To bring this conversation to life even more, I've invited two experts on overcoming grief to the show. They have some powerful insights to contribute so we can all move forward better, heal from our grief, and achieve our goals. Heidi Simon and Sue Ann Gran are the authors of the new book, Facing the Waves, Working Through Grief Using Essential Oils and Stories of Hope. It's a resource with inspiring, relatable stories and a how-to essential oils guide to help you navigate your grief journey. The two friends had many uncanny similarities in their experiences with grief and working through it, that they knew it was God's plan for them to combine their gifts and make it their ministry to write this book together. Welcome, ladies. Thanks for being on the show. Hi, thank you you so much. It's really good to be here. Oh, I'm excited. You ladies are inspiring, and I'm so grateful for the effort and the heart that had to have gone into this book and the the difficulty that that it must have been to face these things and be willing to bear your souls uh, in an effort to uplift other people. So what was your motivation to write your book? Well, I think the if we go back to the very, very beginning, um, it was the loss of my brother, who was 24 years old at the time. Um, it's been 16 years ago now, and he died in a car accident. And, you know, it was a really just a difficult time in my life. He was my only sibling, and, you know, my kind of nuclear family was shattered, And I always say I lost my mom that day too. Um, You know, she was never the same as you would not even want to imagine. It was a, you know, a very difficult time. 
in my life. And, but I kind of just did the best I could. I had a two-year-old, I, I was practicing law full-time, you know, I had all of this stuff going on. So I just kind of put one foot in front of the other, but later years and years later, um, I was at doTERRA leadership and, um, we were sitting there during the conference and somebody was speaking and she spoke about how her father had passed away and she went to get a tea and they just handed it to her. And she said, they just handed it to me like nothing had happened. And I remembered that feeling of seeing like people are getting mail and people are getting pizza. And like, my brother is gone and their lives are just going on. And I just started sobbing in my seat. And it was like, it was kind of embarrassing. Like it was this a huge emotional thing that I did not expect to have happened. But my friends um, that were sitting with me, like they rubbed my back and, you know, they calmed me down. And um, I ended up, somebody from behind me passed a note up and it said, I don't know what you're going through, but please know that you are loved. Mm -hmm. And she took a picture of that moment. And it's just like, it was such an emotional thing. And so at that point, I realized that I clearly had some really unresolved grief. And my friends who were sitting with me, one had lost a child. Um, you know, I could just feel her grief resonating off of her that day too. So I decided to write a class on essential oils for grief. It was something that I hadn't seen taught or anything. So I, I set a date because I knew I would never do it if I didn't. So I set a date, I put it on the calendar, I publicized it and I sat and worked through this. And so um, that's where it kind of started was with the class. And then I ended up... Um, giving the class for Sue Ann one-on-one online um, because she was in California and I was in West Virginia. And um, during that one-on-one session, Sue Ann was like, this is a book. You have to turn this into a book. Over months, she called later and said, like, I really feel called to be a part of this. So we decided right then to partner up and work together. And we were two really complete strangers who had never even met in person. <laughs> wow. So we worked through the time zones and, you know, all the things. And, uh, got it done. <laughs> it's amazing. That's that's powerful and beautiful. So I'd like to also say that the woman who took the picture at convention ended up, she is one of the stories in the book. Oh, how perfect. Yeah. Wow. Sue Ann, what motivated you? I know you felt inspired. What was behind all that? Yeah, I did. So I guess the journey kind of began for me. I mean, I had had a lot of loss in my family. Uh, I lost my father when I was just 18 years old. He was 49. It was very unexpected. And at that young age, I think people, my friends had not gone through grief, most of them, you know, unless maybe they had lost an aging grandparent. But even at that point, I don't think many people had suffered loss. So I just remember it was a very lonely feeling. Um, and then fast forward to, you know, my early 30s, um, losing some very important people in my life who had made the greatest impact on my life. Um, a young cousin who was just 10 years my senior somebody who had become kind of a surrogate dad to me um, and a godmother. And so we, my husband and I were on a doTERRA incentive trip that I had earned. Um, and this was, oh gosh, I guess this was 2019. And we had just lost our uh, one of our senior citizen dogs. And she was our first baby during a time that we had struggled to get pregnant for over five years with our now triplets. And then two years later, our baby girl and um, so really losing Gabby, our dog, uh, really hit us hard. And we had a lot of emotions. And I think that society kind of um, has like grades or levels of grief. Like if it's a human, you get to grieve this way. If it's an animal or a pet, you get to grieve this way. But we were grieving so much in the way that we had losing humans. And I was really struggling with this grief. And we were on this incentive trip and met a wonderful mother-son duo, a dynamic duo, two leaders in doTERRA who happened to be Heidi's upline, um, Heidi's leaders. 
And we had a wonderful conversation with them, got to know them, became Facebook friends. And fast forward to nine months after this trip, we lost our second senior citizen dog. So these two dogs were litter mates. And at that time, um, I remembered seeing on Orion's Facebook page. Orion is one of the friends that we had met on that trip. And we became Facebook friends and he had promoted that Heidi was doing this class. And I just gravitated towards it, towards the topic. Um, Up until this point, I guess I'm a very empathic person. And whenever friends or colleagues had suffered loss through the years, I would always want to be that person to check on them or send them a note or, you know, can I bring you a meal? What can I do? You know, can I pick up your kids from school? And just always felt like that was kind of my calling to um, recognize them in a way that I felt that I lacked. I didn't get that recognition or not recognition, but that support or just um, validation. Like I know what you're going through and it's okay. You know, during a time in my life when I lost my dad at a young age. So I just loved the work that she was doing. And yeah, that's when I said like, do you know that this needs to be a book? You know, God has put it on my heart to share with you, like to encourage you write this book. Um, And Heidi is an attorney. And so, yes, she's a writer, but I think she had kind of second guessed her abilities like, you know, but am I a creative writer? Like, this is a different kind of project. I've never written a book. And I'm like, but I think you can do it. Like, look at the record, just listen to the recording of the class that you taught for my doTERRA team and just transcribe it because like, it's there, it's really, really good. And then from there, we decided, you know, we collaborated and decided to add interviews and discussion questions. Journaling is a really important part of my life and how I um, have gotten through grief and gotten through um, good and bad things in my life, goal planning, everything. I write it down. You know, I'm, I'm a writer by nature. Um, I had worked in TV news as a writer producer for many years. And so, um, my therapy is my writing. And I thought that we could offer that as an outlet to other people. So that's how it all kind kind of came together. (laughs) I love it. Well, and the good that you'll be able to do, and I have already done, I know that in our conversations before you already shared with me some beautiful experiences that have come from people reading the book. Are there any particular ones you would like to share? It's not a long book, but there are several stories. We have 16 chapters of stories. And most people have said they just read it cover to cover that they couldn't stop reading. And um, people are already asking for the sequel. Oh, um, I love it. Yeah, they want to hear more. And so I think that and and just the fact that people have been very appreciative that we covered all different kinds of grief. Yeah. And we really, it is important for us to let people know that it's grief is not just death. You can grieve anything. Um, you can grieve relationships and jobs and just, we, we like to say it's anything that didn't turn out the way you thought it would. I think that was really important for me to see that people were appreciated that we covered all different types of loss. Uh, they all felt heard and seen in those stories. What yes. a powerful healing experience for them. Yes. We also felt like God prompted us. You know, you've heard the expression, you were made for such a time as this. Absolute Esther. Absolutely. Oh, gosh, it makes me emotional, but that's how we felt. We felt like, whoa, this seed was planted on our hearts and then COVID happened. Mm-hmm. And man, like talk about the timing. There's been so much loss. And not just the loss of people, tragic losses of young people, you know, very quickly dying during this last couple of years, but also the the grief of, like Heidi said, losing jobs, um, having to, we all love that word pivot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, pivot or recreate the life that you once knew. Everything feels different since that time. And So there's a a whole new way that we do things, that we live life. And change is hard for a lot of people. And we've just encountered so much change that that's that's a period of grieving, you know, just recreating your life in many respects. Um, I know people have lost entire careers. You know, those careers have shifted. For instance, um, we have a friend 
whose husband used to own office buildings. And now very few people are in office parks anymore, you know, and that was their entire livelihood. So just really being there for people and giving them that permission to grieve and to even identify it as grief. I think it sneaks up on us and very few people really, you know, they, they don't want to diminish other people's grief. Like, oh, you lost a person. So I don't get to call my grief grief, even though it's, it's grief for me. And so I think that's what this book does in many respects is talks about maybe a taboo topic. I don't think we talk about grief enough in our society and allowing people to identify it. Yes, this is a form of grieving. You get to feel this way. This is normal. And look, look at all the other people who feel the same way you do. And maybe here are some messages of hope and um, inspiration that they can take with them as another tool. Um, And we've created a Facebook group through this this whole process as well. So this is another um, really unique way that people can come together. Um, And, you know, we're getting a lot of people to join the group, but it still feels intimate um, and like a safe place to share what people are feeling. And we post every day uh, so that they can feel like, okay, we're still there. We didn't forget about you. We're doing life with you, you know. So is this something that you want a lot of people to know about this Facebook group? Yes, absolutely. Anybody can join, whether you've read the book or not. Um, you just want to see what we're up to, what we're talking about. It's called Oils for Grief. It's a Facebook page called Oils for Grief. So you can search us up and come find us. And that's actually the same uh, name of our website, oilsforgrief.com, where you can find the book. Love Instagram. it. Instagram too. Oh yeah. And Instagram. Fantastic. I love that. One of the things that I was curious to know is it may be like choosing between children, but do you have a favorite or most inspiring story from the book that you'd like to share with the audience? I think, uh, well, my mom's story is in there. I think my mom is of course, very inspiring and, um, I was at a funeral just last week and the the priest quoted the Beatitudes, which we actually, my mom it talked about when I interviewed her and that's in her story. So um, I've always been inspired by my mom, but I think I'm also very inspired by Sandra's story, uh, who is the woman who took the picture at leadership. Um, but her son um, was murdered she decided in the hospital before she knew if he was going to survive or not, that she had to forgive. And I don't know how, I don't know how you do that, but she did. And, and that was the thread through her whole story was forgiveness and, you know, following God. And like she, he laid it on her heart that she had to forgive these people before she even knew who they were. Mm -hmm. And that carried her through the, you know, the loss of her son, the trials, um, like the, the legal trials and everything. And so I just think that that having that attitude and leading with that grace as a mother, especially it's just inspired me so much. It just, it, I just remember, um, being on a zoom with her and interviewing her. And when she, when that came out of her mouth, I was just taken aback. Sure. Wow. That's beautiful. What about you, Sue Ann? Do you have a favorite? So I was thinking about this the other day, actually. Um, You're right. It is hard to choose because there might be a story about estrangement and reconciliation um, before that person's passing. There's another story of estrangement. There is a woman who we interviewed who has not heard from her son. He has decided to cut himself off out of their lives and out of the lives of his friends. He's just abandoned a lot of relationships. And so there's no closure there currently. There's a story of my mom, who we interviewed, who uh, lost my grandmother just shy, three months shy of her 
100th birthday. Um, So, and I think a a lot of people in society would say, you know, oh, well, you know, I'm sure you seek comfort in the fact that she lived a good long life. You know, it's like, well, yeah, we did, but I still loved this person fiercely. You know, this was my mother, my best friend, um, and they lived together for many years. So um, people who have lost children, um, people who have had illness and overcome the illness only for it to resurface. And then, you know, we had somebody pass during the process of writing this book, someone who was overcoming cancer and then ultimately lost her battle. So there's so much inspiration. I think the way I have to answer this question is that I'm equally inspired by all of them. And the fact that there's one common theme throughout all of the stories and that is the the theme of hope, the theme that, you know, these people have not lost hope. They've gone through traumatic things, hard things, and they're using their pain for other people. You know, the, it, their pain has maybe in many ways become their purpose, you know, of, of overcoming and, and still living a good life and taking the lessons they've learned through their grief. And ministering to others. And that so inspired us. So inspired us. I think that's the way it's designed to be. I think this life is meant to be like that, where we can help each other. I mean, that's why the the name of the podcast is Serve, Love, Lift, because it really is about serving each other with our gifts and not only our gifts, but our wounds that have motivated us to to shift and to heal at, at, in any way we can find, but then being able to come through that process, loving ourselves more and loving others more because we recognize the pain. We recognize how people behave when they're hurt. And so we have a natural compassion. And then to lift each other, it's, I'm going to do everything I can now so that someone else doesn't have to go through the depths that I did. Or if they did, I'm there to help pull them back out. Anything and everything to to be our brother's keeper, right? To, to serve and to love and to lift each other so that we can find joy. We can live again. We can live with purpose. And it's so powerful when, when we see those examples of overcoming great odds or great heartache and then they go and and help others through those same things that is that's what it's all about and so i love that you ladies are doing this i think one of the one of the really important things that can come out of this is probably coming out of this already is that you're creating a space for people to process grief to identify it and to look at it and to lean into it. There is healing in letting the grief move through you, right? Not getting stuck in it, but allowing grief to to play its part in the difficult experience. And that I believe is a powerful way that people can actually process the grief, process the difficult experiences, and be able to move forward. It's when we don't process, when we don't take the time, that it becomes stuck and it becomes a bigger wound. I agree. I think that's very well put. I think especially in in America, like you just go back to work, right? You know, you get three days off. And people send some cards and they bring some food and then, you know, that door closes. And I learned um, at my brother's viewing and funeral that that was for everybody else. You know, that was for everyone else to come and say goodbye. And then we were just alone. And I think grief feels alone. And that's one of the things we really wanted to tell people throughout this book is that you're not alone. I remember, and this was in 2017. So I always have to set the stage, right? Because I just, I couldn't sleep and I just surfed the internet. I just 
honestly looked for other people who were a little bit ahead of us in this journey. And I would say, okay, these people, their, their person died three days before Atlee died. So they made it these three days and I can make it three, these three days. And it, it sounds so crazy, but I just felt so alone and I didn't know like where to get comfort, you know, and my mom, I couldn't lean on her anymore, you know, as a child, like you're used to going to your mom and, um, you know, and my husband did the best he could, but like, he didn't know what to do either. He didn't know people don't know what to say and they don't know what to do. And I, I think, um, it's, it's just letting people know that they're not alone. And I think that's just so important. I mean, I actually, I don't consider myself a grief expert by any means, but I've lived with it for so many years now in this project. And even the other day I ran into somebody whose daughter had died and I didn't know what to say. Like people don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. And I just sort of didn't say anything. And then I felt terrible. And so I went back and found her and I was like, I'm sorry. I did. I just didn't know what to say. Oh, I love that. So I gave her a copy of the book Oh, good. <laughs> and a beautiful roller. I felt like she, I had a beautiful roller in my purse for some reason. I had like five oils, but I just felt like she needed beautiful. And, um, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling, but I just, oh. it's so hard, this aloneness and this get back at it. And this, the funeral is over. So you just jump back into your life and you don't process and you don't take the time. Um, and people don't know what to say to help you. And people are afraid to bring it up because there's this odd thing where you think they've forgotten that they had this giant loss. So you see them at the grocery store and, and you don't know what to say. And I just think like, we just hope that this book lets people know that they're not alone. Let's people see that other people have carried through this journey and lets people see that they really do need to take the time to work through this and, and really experience it. Unfortunately. Yes. And I love what you said, Heidi, and we've, we have a chapter in the book too, where there's a woman who overcame multiple um, losses in, in pregnancy miscarriages. And she says one of the best, we give like tips of what not to say and what to say to help people going through that particular type of loss, but it can apply to others. And one of the things she offered was if you don't know what to say, just say, I don't know what to say. And that's what you did, Heidi, which is so awesome. I mean, that's that's what we need to, to do is be honest mm -hmm. and not think that we have to have a perfect um, script or a dialogue. It just needs to be from the heart. People will feel that. Your friends and family will feel that, that if you are really there for them and you're, you're intentionally listening, um, then that that's, we do the best we can. Right. And, um, and grief hits us like waves. And that's why we use the title for this book, um, that facing the waves, you know, hopefully there will be chapters that will really resonate with you and what you're experiencing and feeling in this book. And we'll give you tools through the stories, the advice, the um, the dialogue, as well as the discussion questions, the journaling questions at the end of each chapter, and the oil recommendations that these are additional tools. If you're feeling this way, this is how you can face the waves in this moment. And I think one of the things we really want to impart is that grief is like a wave. And when we asked, when we interviewed, we asked every single person that we interviewed, what does grief feel like for you? And waves, uh, that was a reoccurring theme. A lot of people really responded to that imagery that, yeah, that's exactly what it feels like. Um, and I love, you know, what we said in the book is that, you know, you can be at the beach and you expect those waves. And so what do you do? You, you know, you, you get up, you dust yourself off, you know, you get the sand out of your pants and you move on. But when you are facing the waves of grief, you never really know when those sleeper waves are going to hit you. And so then you can go to this book as a, re a resource and remember these people who have gone before you, like Heidi said, you know, some that gives us comfort knowing, okay, 
you know, unfortunately we always compare ourselves to others, don't we? But this would be a good comparison to be able to say, all right, can I get through this? Can I do this? Well, this person did. So this gives me strength. And so we hope that we can offer strength to others. I love that. Yes. And when we meet somebody that's struggling and shares an experience like this, they're not expecting us to solve the problem. So I love that shift that you're saying. Don't don't worry about thinking of something clever or profound or problem solving for them. Just be there. Just show them, like you said, that you're listening, that you care, that you see them, and that you honor the wound that they are experiencing and trying to process. And, you know, I've I've worked with people where sometimes all you need to do is just create that space for them to grieve, where you create this safe, warm, healing space where people can just let their guard down, realize they don't have to put on a face with you, that they can show their hurt and you will honor them and love them through that. So you ladies are doing such a beautiful job with that. But the process to writing this book must have been heart-wrenching. I mean, hearing about people's grief and remembering your own How did you get through it? How did you work through this big goal despite all the obstacles and and the difficulties? Well, I think what was great is that we wrote it together again, so we weren't going through it alone. Um, We did individually, of course, interview people, and then we would come together and and share the experience. Um, But I think it was great to have one another to say, you know, this is hard. Um, Writing this chapter really brought back those emotions. I mean, my dad died 30 some years ago, right? And so it seems like another lifetime in many respects, but writing the chapter about his mental illness and um, a volatile way that I kind of grew up, you know, with unexpected, you know, violence and anger and, and hurt. Um, you know, it, it sometimes re, writing it um, could trigger some of those feelings and you just feel like you're this little girl version of yourself all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the silver lining is that it was good to be open, talk about a taboo topic like mental illness, for instance, or, um, or suicide, you know, or some tough topics. Because then it allows other people to say, okay, we can talk about this. And the way I feel is valid. Um, And we just knew that by doing this work, and yes, many days it was hard, but it was uplifting for us because we knew that we would be combining these stories with a purpose and a plan to help other people do that healing work. And we knew that it wasn't just, it's not a downer book. Like it's not just this doom and gloom, sad stories, but all the sad stories have glimmers of hope. And I don't want to say happy endings because that's not really true. Um, But people who are working through their grief and they have inspiring stories to share or coping mechanisms to share. I love that. Heidi, how did you process the difficulties the same way or did you have your Yeah, own? it was so of course so so helpful to have Sue Ann to work through this with. Um for me, I just I had to take a lot of breaks. I mean, especially uh, when I was writing the class, um the the book is the basis of the book are our top 10 oils. Um I really wanted it to be accessible oils. I wanted it to be something that people could say, wait, I've got that. I've got that. Mm -hmm. And so, and just start using it. But, um, I think sitting back and, you know, thinking about how that felt at the time and seeing how other people felt and processed for me, I I'm just such a, I'm like a magnet for 
grief. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, I always say like some people love animals and some people love the elderly. I'm just drawn to, I can see it in your face. If I see a picture of you and I've never met you, I can sense it in a crowd. Like, um, so for me, it just, it, it was, it's very heavy. And so I just had to kind of like work a little bit and take a break and work a little bit and take a break. Um, just so I didn't like hold all of that in, you know, yeah, luckily, yeah, lots of oils too. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and I think when we, also when we interviewed people, like we would not book more than one interview a day. And it was sort of like in a way to really honor that person and give them a, a space. You know, we did a lot of the interviews during um, 2020 and <laughs> COVID. So they were Zoom calls or phone calls. And we would kind of have, you know, sit down and have a cup of tea, have a cup of coffee with this person, give them the time and the space, not rush through it, not like a business meeting. It was like a heartfelt space. And, you know, again, I know I personally didn't book a lot on those days because I knew that it would, okay, Heidi is shaking her head <laughs> yeah, in agreement. Like we, we both, you know, kind of when we did the interviews, we, um, I think to kind of honor that person, you know, I would even have my diffusers going and like some spiritual oils, like rose and frankincense to kind of be you know, just very reverent, I guess, when we were talking about and honoring the people who we would be putting on paper, you know, I think we just took it really seriously. Like this is a way to not only honor the people who we're interviewing and their experiences of grief, but to also honor the people who they've lost. And in a way, this book is like a legacy to them. So we just really honored that space with people. Beautiful. All of this is really important to highlight that grief is trauma. I mean, kind of tying in where we started, closing this loop of don't dismiss grief as stubbing your toe. And that even though society says, okay, you've got three days and then you got to get back to work. Or, you know, why are you still mourning your dog when so-and-so's father just passed, right? All of these ignorant comments and, and presumptions, we really need to do what you're saying is honor grief as trauma because what you're describing as these waves coming up and thinking about the past and these wounds and getting triggered, really, honestly, this is... This is PTSD, right? This and trauma are born at the same time. Yes. And there may not be a a clinical disorder to, to diagnose, but the fact that it impairs your ability to live, to move forward, to feel joy, to feel peace, to think clearly, uh, the fact that these these waves can come in such an intense way. In my experience, there are times where I just have to shut everything down because the wave is so strong that you just can't expect yourself to move forward, to go to that even next meeting or to do that next task. Sometimes you have to honor that grief as the trauma that it is and allow yourself the nurturing, the self-care, the healing, and however you do that, whether it's with the oils or with the healing work or with counseling, there are a lot of ways to, to face that and to process and heal from those traumas, but you have to recognize them for that. Don't minimize your grief. Don't minimize your wounds. I think that's so good that you said that. And I, I want to bring up a point that we you know we are not clinicians, right? We're not clinical practitioners, right? We're not doctors. We're not um, therapists. You know, we're two people, two human beings who have been impacted profoundly by grief. 
who have found ways that help us and ways that help others. And so we're sharing what works for us. And I'm so glad that you, you know, this is not, our book is not a a one tool (laughs) wonder for people to use for their grief. It's an additional tool that you can use. Yes, if you need talk therapy, you know, if you need other means of therapy, by all means, you know, trust that intuition and that instinct for what you need to get through your grief. Um, I remember right after my father passed, someone introducing the concept of the different stages of grief, you know, and I, I guess I was a little bit like, you know, the rule follower, I read this thing going, well, wait a minute, like, I guess I'm doing it all wrong because, you know, and it's so funny. I mean, you guys will laugh, but I'm like, I didn't go through the stage of denial, which is denial in and of itself, which is pretty ironic, right? But, you know, oh, I didn't go through angry, anger. I'm not an angry person or whatever. I mean, I. it's so funny that, you know, it, it really was hard for me to look at those stages of grief and then realize later, hey, I did it in my own process. And this is a guide, you know, this is this is an idea. This is someone's interpretation of the way grief is. If you fit into it, great. If you don't, you don't. Don't you know, if it's not a helpful tool to you, you don't need to use that. Um, and I found that for me, I was in and out of the different stages of grief, you know. Um, right after my father passed away, gosh, it just hit my mom in such a way that I never would anticipate that she would react to losing my dad. Because up until that point, you know, I didn't have any other examples of grief in my life of like, you know, how she would handle it. So I really needed to be there for my mom very much like Heidi said in the way that she felt like she needed to be there for her mom after the loss of, of Atlee. Um, I had to be there for my mom after the loss of my father. So I guess I kind of delayed my grief, if that makes sense. And it hit me really hard a few months later. So just know, if you're listening to this, that however you need to do grief, you need to do it your own way. And there is no right or wrong way. You can use everything out there, you know, that you see on the internet or even in our book as a guide and a tool if it serves you. But give yourself grace and give yourself the space to do this on your own time and under your own terms. Yes, I love that. And I think as we are all trying to move into the new year and set new goals and set new year's resolutions. We have to remember these things. We have to remember that we've got traumas stuck in us that are tripping us up as we try to move forward. So as you think back over this last year, what grief did you experience? What other wounds did you experience? Don't assume that you can just wash over them and start moving forward and assume that, okay, it's a new year where it's a reset, we're we're all good to go. Let's just move forward and, and hit the gym or hit the goals or, you know, whatever it is. It doesn't happen like that. You have to give yourself space, honor the difficulties you went through, because if you don't, they will have the last say. They get stuck in your subconscious and they will prevent you in their way from moving forward, whether you're trying to lose weight or get a new job or or start a new business, whatever it is that you're trying to move toward and create these wounds and this grief that you've experienced last year, last decade, whatever it is, need to be honored, need to be processed then you will be free to move forward, to create and overcome challenges and to create the life you desire. So that's so good. Thank you for saying that. You know, and I think as, you know, if you're listening to this and you're going, okay, that sounds great. So how do I do that? Like, how do I give myself this space to, um, work through the trauma or to work through the grief before moving on to reach my new year's goals or, you know, the things that I want to accomplish, you know, I'd love to speak to that because I'm so goal oriented and I'm that 
type of person that like I will put things on a shelf so I can muscle through my to-do list and get it done. Like, hey, I said I was going to do this today. I'm going to get it done. I think if you're like me, and you might not be, but if you are, then 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 schedule it. I know that sounds crazy, but schedule some downtime. Schedule, you know, ask yourself, like, how do I work through problems best? How do I process best? Okay, so for me, it's maybe in a shower or in the hot tub or like I'm a water girl, right? Like going for a swim, um, going to the ocean, if you're able to do that, or a body of water, going for a walk with my dogs, that clears my head. So knowing that that's how you process schedule that in, you know, and, and you might, maybe that's not the way you process. Maybe you need to surround yourself with people and the way that you process is being around happy people. Like you all know that person in your life who always makes you laugh or smile, like whatever it is for you, um, or immersing yourself in your favorite hobby or pastime. Like, I think we all know what we need to do to process. Maybe it's, you know, getting dirty, you know, you're, you're going outside and you're getting you know, a good workout, getting your sweat on, or you're working with messy paints or sculpting or, you know, creating or scrapbooking, whatever it is. Um, give yourself that time and you'll feel better for it. You'll become a better version of yourself if you can allow yourself that time to think things through process and give yourself the space that you need you don't, we don't have to be machines to always get through life and do all of these things. If there's anything we learned during 2020, it's um, to try to slow down a little bit and give yourself some time that you deserve. Perfect. I love that. And with my experience with grief, my mom passing suddenly a few years ago, it was a process. And now I'm, I'm better right? Grief doesn't have to rule the rest of your life. It doesn't always have to be that fresh wound. You can process the grief. You can move forward. And you never forget that person. That's not the point. But the price of love is grief. There is that loss. You love something. You love someone. You you experience love. And, and there's an end to it. That is a natural course. And there is grief but you can get through it. You, There is hope, Sue, and like you were saying, there is hope you can get through it. And now when I think of my mom, I believe that she's in heaven and doing good work and, and active and happy and, and doing wonderful things still. And that brings me joy. That brings me peace. And so look forward to have have on that horizon as you're working through your grief to know that it will not always be painful. There will be moments of sadness and there will be moments of uh, missing them. That's natural, but you don't have to live with the pain. It will end. You will get through it. And when you think about that person, it will be joyful and you'll be able to feel the gratitude of their life not the pain of their loss so ladies thank you so much for being here today for your wisdom and your love and and sharing your heart with on these pages for the benefit of others is there one last message you would like to leave with the listeners I think I would just reiterate that you're not alone, that everyone is grieving something. Um, everyone is grieving someone. It's tricky sometimes. And sometimes it's a, it's a loss that was a long, long time ago. And, you know, people meet you and don't even know that it, this happened to you or this person was ever in your life. And I think, you know, it, it it's easy to sort of compartmentalize yourself and compartmentalize your grief. And, um, you have to realize that, you know, there are people out there that are on the same journey and that you can look around and see that other people are successfully, you know, kind of navigating this. Um, it, it can be done. It's, it's, it's never going to go away and it's not magically one day just going to 
poof and, and, and you'll feel so much better. But I think you do come to find the joy in life and the joy in having had them and the joy that comes from heartache sometimes. I just, I remember that at my brother's viewings, there were 900 and some people came. Wow. It was like hours long wait, but at one, one of our family friends came through and she said, you know, this just sucks. There's nothing else to say. Mm-hmm. And that was so profound. And so I, I use that now with people and it, and it does. Um, I even saw it in a hashtag yesterday on, on Instagram, grief sucks. And, and I think, you know, just kind of taking a minute to acknowledge that this sucks. I have the tools. There are resources to help me work through it and other people to help me work through it. I think those are really important things. It does suck, but you're not alone. I think we found a bumper sticker, Heidi. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Sue Ann, any last thoughts? I guess I would answer the same way. Heidi and I are very aligned in this, that you know, our, our, our central message is you are not alone. There is hope and we offer our book to you as a resource to help you to support you. Um, Also on our website, Oils for Grief, you can go there. We will be uh, having a regular blog that hopefully will resonate with you. Come to our oil community, Oils for Grief on Facebook, the Facebook page, and connect with other people as they share their journeys with you. Um, So this this is a a real tangible community. It's not just a one and done book. Again, we said it, I think at the beginning of this interview, this is our ministry. You know, this is something that we want to do. We want to honor and recognize the people who we've loved and lost and the situations that we've lost and uh, use it for good. Beautiful. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you again for being with us today. We hope you found some comfort and inspiration through this conversation. As a special gift to you, Heidi and Sue Ann want to give you 10% off their book, Facing the Waves. When you go to their website, oilsforgrief.com, include the code SERVELOVELIFT10 in all caps at the checkout to receive 10% off your purchase. Then... Remember to share this episode with three people who you feel could use it. See you next week.